All right, we ready? Yeah, uh, I think so. All right. I don't know. I'm, I might not be prepared enough for this episode. I don't know. We, we're, we'll be fine. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. This is uh, episode 11, right? 11, yes. How the hell have we done 11 episodes of this? I don't even know. And real quick, I just want to put in here, uh, you know, we w- we every, every the whole staff over here at 4.30, we hope everybody had a fantastic Christmas. Yes, we wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. Yeah, it's coming up quick. Um, the holiday season, it's a little bit different this year, but, you know, we're trying to enjoy it. Try to We're trying to spend our time with our family, and that's kind of why this episode's a little bit late. Usually we get them up on Monday mornings. This one's not going to get up that quickly, but... Hey, that's all right. You know, it's the holidays. You know, just Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody out there. We appreciate there. all of our listeners, and we've got twenty nine listeners. Are you shitting me? Yep. We we remember how we wanted to get three hundred listens by the New Year? Yeah. We're up to three hundred and forty. Are you kidding me? Yep. Dude, that's incredible. It. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Considering, have you advertised it? Have you posted it anywhere? I haven't posted it anywhere. I haven't posted. It's all been word word of mouth mouth for me. So this word is of great. mouth. This is really good. I think we're doing okay. Now I don't know if if we start posting it how well we're gonna do, but you know Probably there might be there might be better. a market for this. There might be a market for this. I don't know. There might be. I mean, this is great. I'm very happy with it. Thank you everybody for listening and keep spreading the word. Yes, please tell tell everybody you know about the show. Um, we can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Overcast. We're out there, man. Yeah, we're Anchor. We we can you can be found quite a, quite a few different places. So it's great. Anyways, uh. Got any news stories today, man? Did you bring anything today? Uh, no, but I wanted to ask you a question that um, was a thing people on Facebook were talking about for a while, and it kind of pops up. Uh-oh. What is your spirit animal? What is my spirit animal? Yeah, what's your spirit animal? You remember you like, know, remember when that was just kind of like in, like everyone was talking about yeah, their spirit animal? Yeah, everybody was animal? talking about their spirit animal. It's kind I of felt like I, had, I felt like I had a really good answer for that. Um, My spirit animal is probably a deer or a moose. I'll tell you what, it's probably a moose. Why a moose? Because um, it's kind of like a big, like a like a moose type thing. I don't know. What is your spirit animal, Ben? I gotta think about that. You know what, man? Uh, ever since I thought about this question, I've been thinking really hard about it, and I I don't think I've come up with one yet. I, you know. Okay, listeners, uh, if you guys have a spirit animal, you can go ahead and tweet us your spirit animal at thirty in the. Because I, I want to be as honest as I can with sure. myself about my spirit animal. Well, why why you know? are you, why do you have to be so honest with yourself about your spirit animal? Because I'm trying to think of the the characteristics of myself and the characteristics of every animal. Every you know? animal, see, that's a every, problem. Like it every is, animal that I know of. You know who my spirit animal was? Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist anymore. It's Harambe. Mm, Rest in sad. peace. Yep. Rest in peace to Harambe. But. Ever since he left us, I don't, I don't know. That's I a good know. question. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking a. Uh, hmm. I could see as like kind of like a, like a snow leopard maybe, or like a gray wolf. Yeah, you know, sometimes it, it kind of, you know, it kind of depends on the day too. Sometimes I feel more like a flamingo. I can see that. You know, sometimes I just want to stay in one spot for, yeah. you know, in one at one time. You know, sometimes at work I do that. I'm in one spot all day, so sometimes I do feel like a flamingo. Sure, I can understand that. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I feel like a manatee a lot. Yeah. I refer to myself as an orca quite a bit. Hmm. I'll tell you what the worst spirit animal is, is a koala. Yeah. They are the worst animals. Why? I kind of like koalas. They are terrible. Hmm. 
they they you know how your brains have folds yeah and that stores extra brain cells yeah koalas don't have that did you know that their brains are smooth no shit they are like literally like the most in, unintellectual animals out there that's hilarious they only eat one food which is the eucalyptus leaf mm-hmm. and guess what what the eucalyptus leaf is actually poison to koalas <laughs> but it's the only thing that they eat so how long do they live they don't live very long and for a baby koala to survive, it basically has to ingest the waste of the mother in order to build up a resistance to the eucalyptus leaves that they that they eat. Think about that oh. for a second. They have to build up resistance to the food that they, the only food they eat. Now, let me tell you this: if you were to take a eucalyptus leaf and hand it to a koala, it would not eat that leaf. You want to know why? Why? Because it doesn't recognize a eucalyptus leaf as food unless it picks it itself from the tree. Okay. What I'm really mesmerized about is how much you know about koalas. I am the expert. Why Why do you know so much about koalas? I do a lot of reading, dude. Okay, wow. And what's also terrible about koalas is they all have a lot of STDs. STDs are rampant in the koala population. Mm-hmm. It's because they just rape the hell out of each other. Seriously. Wow. So next time you look at a koala, you're looking at a terrible animal. Wow. Well, I guess at the top of my head, I think we can think of a few people who their spirit animal would be a koala. Yeah, some very, very, very bad people. Yeah, like maybe somebody like Ted Bundy. Bundy, definitely. Epstein. Yeah, yeah Epstein, for sure. Um, Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein, whatever the fuck that dude's name is. Yeah. He was he's, He was definitely, his spirit animal is definitely the koala. You know, I feel like my spirit animal sometimes is like a squirrel. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you know. Hey, guys, you know, uh, let us know what your spirit animal is. Tweet yep. us at 30 in the... T-H-I-R-T-Y-I-N-T-H-E. You notice Pat always spells it and I just say it. Yeah. I just wanted to get it spelled out because 30 in the could be kind of interpretive. You might go with a number 30. They might go with. That's true. Anyways, um, I do have a couple news stories. A couple news stories. Yeah, let's dive into it. And we're going to be playing on a couple of different topics that we brought up in earlier episodes. First of all, we're going to go back to episode, was it episode 10 was the Mm -hmm. last one? And then episode seven, we talked about this. We talked about the monolith situation in a couple of these episodes past. Anyways, a gingerbread monolith has been found in San Francisco. A gingerbread monolith. A monolith made of gingerbread. Can you believe that? So, okay. What did, so was the, did the monolith look like the monolith that we saw? In, it did. It was like the same shape, yep. same height. Yep. But it was a gingerbread. But it was a gingerbread. Was it like, was it like real gingerbread? Like you could eat it? Yep, exactly. It was the same shape and everything. Wow. Well, I guess this is a very nice alien because yeah. they're you know trying to feed feed us at this point. Obviously, they're playing into our holidays as well. Right. Which kind of makes it's kind of kind of suspicious because the aliens obviously created all the holidays that we celebrate due to cultural manipulation. Mm-hmm. So they programmed us to celebrate Christmas. So obviously, them showing us a gingerbread is obvious obvious sign of them acknowledging their genetic and cultural manipulation. You know what I mean? Right. So where was this again? San Francisco, California, United States. Ever been there? No. Me neither, and I don't plan to ever oh, go. I don't, you know, I don't plan on messing my shoes up with shit, you know. Yeah, stepping that, in, is, so. that is the problem. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of want to just, like, get a map and just try and map out everywhere that... Um, everywhere the monolith has been seen. Everywhere the monolith has been seen and see what kind of, like, shape or symbol or anything that this thing shows... That's some, like, Da Vinci Code level shit. But, you know, that could be it's like, very valid. Think, think about it. I mean, it's been in so many different places. See, we need a map of the globe. 
in order to do this. We got to get a globe. Yeah, we, we yeah, definitely. But I could imagine trying to trace some different longitude yeah. and latitude lines out to see what happens. Yeah. I'm sure somebody's already done it on the internet. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing, too, is, well, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of time on their hands. It's kind of unbelievable. It's unbelievable that we're able to make a podcast happen. There's a lot of people that have not nearly the amount of busyness that we have. Right. They can't do shit. Right, for sure. Anyways, uh, so monoliths in San Francisco. I have a feeling we're not going to stop talking about this for a while. I think they're going to keep popping up. <laughs> because they keep popping up in different locations, and it has to mean something. You would think so, especially in Romania. Like, how the hell? And nobody sees any of this happen. Yeah. Like, Even security cameras. Who goes to Romania to build a, a monolith? monolith. Like, I don't know. Anyways, I do have another great news story. I'm very happy I was able to find this one. Let's do it. Back on episode one. We talked about a jetpack man flying over. I was going to message you about this. I saw Flying this. over uh, L.A. <laughs> and well, they got a video of it. And we mentioned that they had like some like, kind of like some crappy video. Well, they've got a very good video out now of this jetpack man. I w- it wouldn't load for me, so I, d- I wasn't able to I watch it. I was able it. to watch it. How was it? It looked kind of like Boba Fett. I'm not going to lie. Are you serious? Yes. It was pretty cool. And we're going to have the video up on our Twitter here pretty soon. Fantastic. They got good video because at first it was kind of like a shaky, like just a blip. This was a little bit better as far as I'm concerned. Right. So Jetpack Man, again, flying over L.A. And you probably heard about this story first on 430 in the morning. So we're going to take full credit for all of this. (laughs) But I don't know, man. What do you think about that? I'm thinking at this point, if this was military, they would not be flying in any other air zone but their own. Yes. If they were testing uh, equipment like this. And especially not a highly populated area. Exactly. They definitely would not be flying in any type of area where other planes are flying. Fair enough. Yes, I agree with that. Okay, so this is leading me to believe that this is like a Tony Stark type guy. That it's this rich guy that is just building shit in his garage, and he this dude's literally flying. See, I, or or the or this guy was abducted by aliens, and aliens gave him the technology to start flying around like this. Now, I'm going to say that both of your hypotheses are equally plausible because, number one, I didn't realize that there are actual jetpack manufacturers out there. Now, the thing that... To this extent, though? The 3,000 feet thing is the thing that is kind of baffling. Like, that's high up. But this this was in a commercial like a commercial pilot? Yes. Caught this video. So how high up were they at this point? They said that the jetpack guy was 3,000 feet up. In our earlier episode, we talked about him being sighted as high as 6,000 feet. That's insane. So that's crazy. That's a crazy... That is a crazy height. Absolutely. So, um, anyway, I had to bring that up because I think that that's, that's something we got to keep an eye on, definitely. Yeah, we'll probably bring it up again. What do you think is scarier? Do you think the idea of some like guy making his own jetpack and flying that high is scarier? Or do you think that the idea of the aliens creating this technology and giving it to somebody is scarier? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, I would say I would say it's scarier that aliens would do it. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that because I like the idea of an independent, self-financed mind creating something like yeah, this. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, you know, but it seems like if aliens have the technology and they are abducting people or somehow they are helping people do something like this. You know, how are they not controlling their mind? We don't know what the hell's going on. Exactly. We don't know what the hell's going on. Like, how many other people are doing other things under alien manipulation or alien force? I'll tell you what, there's a lot of them. A lot of these technologies that pop up, we don't even hear about every day. Exactly. That that are coming up around the world. How do we know where it's coming from? And we talked about this in our last episode, the technological leaps that we've made. Yeah, you're right. And that we're still making are just incredible. Yep. So, uh, I don't know. 
I think it's it's definitely plausible this is alien technology, but it's so crazy. Like, there's a jetpack guy flying around. Like, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, a long time ago, I think it was grade school, I had a teacher. Or no, it might have been high school. Well, they showed us a book from one of their parents, and it was probably from, like, the 70s. Sure. Or the 60s, and it was portraying how we would look in the year 2000. Yeah. And uh, I didn't see, read the book, but I saw, like, the, the cover of it. And sure. it had, like, crazy-looking cars, like flying cars. Yeah. And different phones and shit and shit like that. And obviously they weren't really correct by the year 2000. But a short 20 years later, people are already flying around in jackpacks. Yeah, that's insane. Like, 20 years might seem like a long time to us, but in the course of history... It's nothing. A leap like that is pretty significant. Especially, yep. You're... For somebody to be flying at 6,000 feet, that is incredible. Yep. Anyways, if you guys have any thoughts on this story, please uh, tweet us at 30 in the... At, the, at those type of speeds to where somebody in a plane could take a video of And you? I'll tell you what. I looked at that video. The guy looked like he looked like he was booking it. Now, that could have easily been an optical <laughs> illusion, but it looked like he was flying pretty fast. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's it's, pretty insane. It's crazy. Great story. Yes, definitely. I'm happy we were able to get that one up on the show. Anyways, uh, what kind of topics are we diving into today, Ben? So, uh, we have a couple big topics. Yeah, we got big, a couple of big topics. A couple of big topics. So embarrassing moments in our lives like what so like what's what's the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to you or you have done that's very embarrassing my entire life is constant embarrassment <laughs> like i got so immune to that type of thing and i hate being embarrassed i think every, most people hate being embarrassed most people yeah but i i hate it it's dreadful and i've kind of learned to like isolate myself so i don't become embarrassed but obviously things happen mm-hmm and let's face it, I've done some embarrassing shit over the years. You've probably witnessed many. <laughs> See, I'm more concerned about what you're going to talk about, if you're going to talk about anything about me. <laughs> because I'll be honest, I don't have a lot about you. I you, haven't, really... You, haven't really, you haven't really done too many embarrassing things. I've done a lot of embarrassing things. Have you done a lot of embarrassing things around me? You've done a couple. You didn't see me working in retail, though. No, I didn't. And that's where the one story is going to come from. And this is probably probably number one on my list of most embarrassing moments by far. All right, let's and do it's, it. And it's so bad that it was funny, and I was able to play it off pretty well. But So I used to work retail back in the good old days. Um, I was mostly, like, doing, like, stock and shit like that. Yeah. But, you know, it was a small store, so you had to do everything. You had to do sales. You had to do everything. You had to ring the register, which I hated being a cashier. That was the worst thing ever. But whatever. So I was stocking up an area. I was pushing a very, it was like kind of like a tall cart just full of like shelves that had like different product on. Mm-hmm. All I was doing was filling up some different areas, whatever. No big deal. So part of my job was customer service. So if you're pushing around a cart, you're supposed to just double check with people to see, hey, uh, you need help finding anything? Now, I usually didn't do that, but the thing with working retail is it gives you an excuse to talk to hot girls. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I was, I was able to do much with that, with that opportunity, but you know, hey. You got to try. So I, there was, I was going over and I was, we were, so we sold calendars, like planners and whatever. There was a cute girl in the aisle looking at ca- uh, planners. I'm like, hey, can you help, any help finding anything? And she was like, no, I think I'm good, but thank you very much. Anyways, I'll let you know if I need help. Like, okay, great. My name is Pat, whatever. I turn around, I start pushing the cart and I got it stuck. There's like a, like a bump before it went to like a rug area. The wheel got stuck on the cart, crashed everything. Like the entire thing fell over. It was the loudest noise that I've created in the store. Oh my God. I <laughs> I knocked over another display rack, and everything was everywhere. The cart fell, the cart broke, the cart fell apart, and all the product was just everywhere. <laughs> and the poor girl was just like, "Do you need help?" And I'm like, "No, absolutely not. I'm sorry." <laughs> and then I, on the radio, we had all these like these radio headsets. Everybody yeah. was just like, "Pat, what the fuck are you doing over there, dude?" I was That's like, hilarious. Sorry, guys. Uh, it was bad. That's funny. It was terrible. 
And like I'll be honest, shit like that happened often mm-hmm. when I was working retail. I would drop stuff. I would say weird shit. I'd fall. It was bad. It was not a fun time. That's really funny. I was making what like eight fifty an hour back then. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. man, I have so many embarrassing moments in my life. It was it's, it's so hard to even choose one. You know, uh, when I was a kid, like I was really clumsy with shit. You know. Yes, that yes, you were. I was I was pretty clumsy with a lot of shit. So it but like. It wasn't all the times. It was at the worst moment when people were looking at me, you know. So one time that I can specifically remember was we were outside of our um, grade school. And it was my first year playing football. Or it might have been second year playing football. I don't remember. But all the parents were there. You know where the old gym was at our grade school? Yes. And those outside steps leading up to it. And it, yep, it, yep. Was, it was on, I think that's Grantwood right there, that street. Yeah. Yeah, and we're all sitting on the steps, and then the parents are on the sidewalk, and the coach are talking to us and the parents. Yes. And the coach hands us a paper to all the kids to pass around to sign, and then they were giving it to the parents, and then they were going to, you know, give the security deposit money. Sure. To get our pads and shit. Yeah. You know, so we're signing this permission slip or whatever. We're, you know, looking at the, the paper, and we're all passing around this big stack of paper. And everyone's passing it around and taking one. Well, the paper, the big stack of paper gets to me, and <laughs> I grab it, and I go to take one, and I go to pass, and I drop them all. And the papers are scattered <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> they go everywhere, and, like, mo- more than half the team needs a piece of paper at this point. <laughs> what do the coaches say? <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, crap! We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get that up. We gotta get that cleaned up. Everybody, no, everybody needs a piece of paper. Now, did anybody yell fumble? No. Like, no. Did you get relegated to blocking duty after that? <laughs> no, we didn't even start the season. Oh my so, goodness! You know, this was my first year, or second year playing. I, I really don't remember what year it was, but yeah, that's that's one embarrassing uh, moment of my life. I do have one more, and you were in, you were involved in this one. Oh man. Um, you were there. I don't remember. You, you, you were definitely there. Uh, our, it was my eighth grade year. It would have been your seventh grade year football. Yeah. We played the championship game <laughs> and we played it at the college. Do you remember that? Yeah. We played at UT at, yep. Anyways, um, they did, we didn't realize, I didn't realize that they were going to do this. They had the teams run out onto the field. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> this was on video. I oh, remember yes. this. There, there was video footage of this one. <laughs> And I was a very, I was always a slow runner. I was never oh fast. God. I remember this. And I was completely uncoordinated. And I was also not used to running on turf. Now, I don't know about you. I didn't use any different cleats on the on the turf. Yeah. And that was short turf. I didn't use, I didn't have any other turf shoes or anything. Yeah, me neither. I used the same shoes. I was just wearing my cleats. And I always wore deep cleats because we always played on deep grass, you know? Yeah. So we're running out there. And I'm trying to run and just, it's basically, I'm... <laughs> In the middle of the group, and I'm like, it's just like, don't, don't, don't do anything stupid, basically. And I can't remember <laughs> what happened. <laughs> I remember this. It's so funny. But I tripped and I went down. Didn't you run into something? Too? I, took, I took no. I took a couple of players down yes, with me. You, people, oh, yes. Because there was a kid in front of me, and I grabbed. <laughs> people, somebody running behind you fell over you too. Yeah. I remember this because I grabbed the kid in front of me. I was like, I'm not gonna be the only one going down. And it was I can't remember who it was. It's so funny, man. It Playing in high school, I worried about that so much running yeah. out onto the field. And it was 100 percent because of me doing that and having the video. And that was like my parent. My parents would just rewind it over and over again. That was my highlight of that game too. 
So funny. Yeah, I went. I was the asshole that went down at the beginning of the game, before the game even got started. <laughs> Man, uh, I remember in high school football, it, uh, it was the first game of the season, and, you know, I had just started playing football. So yes. I didn't, at first, I didn't get a lot of reps in at practice. Sure. I didn't know the playbook really well. Well, we were beating the team like 50 to nothing by the third quarter. So they put me in there. Yep. They call a play. I don't know where the hell I'm supposed to go. I'm literally running up and down the damn line of scrimmage. Finding out, I see the coach yelling. He's like, bro, bro, bro. And I'm running up and down the damn line of scrimmage during this damn game. I got 4,000 people watching me. Oh, my God. And I finally just chose something, and it was correct. Now, in high school, did you guys have, did they have, like, playbooks that you guys could study on your own? Or did you guys have to memorize everything? It was mostly memorization. I never got a book. Okay. But, you know, most of them, all them, the majority of all them guys have played all four years. I didn't play all four years. Yes, that's the other thing. I, I eventually learned basically all the formation packages. Yeah. Basi- where I was supposed to be, basically. And I learned all the routes. I learned all the routing packages, all that shit. Because I remember in gr- in grade school, in fifth and sixth grade, they gave us like de- detailed yep. playbooks, and yes, they would give I us they that. would add different packages as the season went on. So we had access yep. to everything, and that was helpful. In junior high, we didn't have that. And I remember the one formation was called Eagle Right, where nobody ever had any clue what the hell that meant, <laughs> and we never lined up right. And it was like late in the season, they're like Eagle Right. It's like why the hell do we keep calling this fucking play? Because nobody has ever figured out what the hell it means. <laughs> Like, how the hell don't you guys know what the hell this is? Well, Coach, we don't have a playbook. Can you call this formation twice? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Although, I'm not going to lie, junior high was more fun for me. Yeah. Because the coaches Did you were... play high school football? No. Okay. I didn't. I wasn't. There was no point. Like, what was the point of me playing high school football? It was... I didn't I didn't think that either, but I wish I'd played all four years. I wish I, I, wish I would have. I wish I would have been involved with the program because I ended up... I, I didn't like football in high school as much. Mm-hmm. I liked it as a kid, and then I started liking it again as an adult. Like, I love it now, but... Yeah. For whatever reason, back then, I just wasn't as into it. Yeah, it makes sense. And I was I liked going to the games. I liked watching the games. I always knew what the fuck was going on, but as yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like a like a driving passion back right. then. So you know, I was you know what was nice, what was really cool. We had such a good coach in high school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the way everything was designed, the practices, you know, just learning at practices and learning the different signals. Because we didn't get into a huddle, really, and call the plays. Yeah. You look at the coach, and they call the plays yeah. on the sideline, so yeah. you know. Just by just looking for, this, for the you know the hand motions, the symbol, symbols that I know, I know the play, and I know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So I don't have to know this big, long phrase of words. Exactly, yeah. I just know my specific words, and I know what I have to do. Yeah. And it's it was kind of broken up like that at practice, too. You know, specific skill position workouts, you know, things like yeah, that. Yeah, and he definitely, he ran the program. It looked like he ran it almost like a college program, it, basically. It basically was, yeah. yeah. So, which yeah, and that's every, the other everybody thing. knew what they were doing. That's the other thing, too, is there's such a, like, a divide between high school program and college program and NFL. Mm-hmm. It's so vastly different. Oh, yeah. But what works in high school or what works in college can work really well in high school, but it doesn't, it never works in the NFL. Right. Because the NFL, too, is dependent. The NFL, you have so, all the athletes are on an equal level, basically. So you have to be really, really, really talented to really stand out as an NFL player. Right. And the 53rd man on the roster is still a really good athlete. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no doubt. So, But I always found that that interesting. And I was it was always impressive to watch that coach work mm-hmm. because it, it looked like a college team out there. Right. And they put out some pretty, they put out some pretty good players, some NFL oh, yeah. players. We have quite a few players in the NFL. Anyways, uh, any more embarrassing moments? 
I do have one more embarrassing moment. Uh oh. So my freshman year of high school, uh, wrestling. Uh, I think it was my. I think it was my first match. Was it the first tournament, or did I have a? Either way, it was a really early tournament in my wrestling career at Central. Okay. I get out there, and uh, I get out there for the first match, and I realize I have my singlet on backwards. (laughs) (laughs) I look down, and the damn tag is sticking out of my chest. Now, that's some (laughs) shit I would do. That's definitely something I would do. And, uh, yeah, that was really embarrassing. That was super embarrassing because there were a bunch of schools there, and there was a lot of people there, and uh, it was one of the – yeah – it was really embarrassing. Yeah. See, most of my embarrassing moments come with me falling or knocking something over. Yeah. Some of my most embarrassing moments are me, like, sneezing in public and, like, like a really quiet classroom, and I sneeze, and it's, like, really gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> Snot and shit everywhere, and you just end it with, like, <sighs> like that, yeah. and it's, like, you know, that's real. I've done a lot of those. See, I've done – I got I, – I, I'll tell you what. I've got a lot of, like, self-discipline when it comes to that shit. Like, I can control – I've gotten better. I've gotten pretty good. Yes. Like, I can I can will away a sneeze. <laughs> I can will away a cough pretty easily. No, coughing, but, though. I've had – it runs in my family. We have this crazy throat, man. Like, it's – we have these coughing attacks. We have, like, this little ledge in the back of our throat. Okay. Shit gets caught in it. Okay. And I've had some really embarrassing coughing attacks at church. Yeah, it's always at church, isn't it? Always at church. Yeah. Um – I'm not going to get into my church embarrassing moments, but there are many. <laughs> um, there are many. Anyways, anything else? Any other? I'm trying to think. So I feel like I, I feel like I've got a ton. But yeah, I feel like if I take the time to really think about it, uh, or talk to you know maybe my mother, she could tell me some embarrassing moments. Well, my mother doesn't. My mother is the is the queen of just saying like the worst possible things about me, <laughs> things that need to just be forgotten about, and she'll just like just start talking about them like. Yeah, you do not understand how badly you're humiliating you're humiliating me right now. And right? It's just like so funny. <laughs> My I mom know. does the same shit, and she always every every story that she tells always is told in the exact same tone, and she uses the exact same words every <laughs> single time. It never changes up, right? But so funny. Um. Anyways, we have one more topic that we're thinking. Yeah. About what do you got? Into. What do you got, Pat? Um. I was thinking about this, and this is kind of a. This this topic is going to be kind of a precursor to the type of thing that we're going to work on on our other podcast. Right. Which we're not ready to share the name with you guys yet, but you guys are going to be finding out about it pretty soon. Our, our other podcast is much more um, serious. Like, this is kind of like our comedy, like our kind of fun. Yeah. We will have, you know, specific things that we will do research on thoroughly that we would talk to you guys about. Yeah. It's, it, our other podcast is going to be a lot more research-based, and it's going to be a lot more... Um, Serious, but it's it's still gonna be. I think it's still gonna be a fun show at the same time. I still think we're gonna be. I think so, definitely. So what I was thinking about is some of our favorite historical figures of all time. Now I'm kind of keeping it like way back, like over a hundred years ago and earlier with my people. Okay. I don't know what Ben's trying to do. Well, when you messaged me earlier about this topic, you said like crazy people in history. Like yes. Crazy. Okay, so like I have like my favorite figures in history, but as I. I couldn't really find anything super interesting, so I did a little bit of looking into like some of the craziest, okay, you know, some of the weirdest, craziest, interesting people back then. And I saved a couple. I don't really have a lot about them, sure, but it's just a quick little thing. No, I, I don't know historical figures like you do. I'll let I'll let Ben start with this one because there's it's possible that him and I got I got two that I did a lot of like. Well, that I know a lot about. I have about. very short little things about each one. So I'm curious to see who you're going to talk about. I, I'll let Ben start, and I might elaborate a little bit if you want me to. So now, this isn't like a historical figure probably 
anyone really knows about, but I just thought that this was really interesting. Sure. When what I when I was looking into like a list of you know famous people. Okay. Back then, have you ever heard of Agent Three Fifty Five? I can't say that I have. So Agent Three Fifty Five, it was a female spy who worked directly to, for George Washington. What did she, What did she do? She was just a spy, and she would gather information about Washington's enemies. Like, okay. Whether it be particular enemies or. You know, maybe before they were going to certain battles to try and figure out information about what they were going to do on their side. Okay. You know, but in, to this day, nobody knows her name. Really? But he had, like, a secret spy under his employment to, that, do, to do crazy shit. That is really cool. I'm going to have to do some more research on yeah, that. I'm That's gonna, interesting. I'm yeah. going to look into her, and uh, they don't even have a picture. Like, on this thing here, uh, it's just a picture of... Um, George Washington. Well, I mean, to be fair, <clears throat> there weren't cameras back then, so I know, but you have paintings. Yeah, of, well, of people. That's interesting. We got we gotta we gotta do a little bit more research on that. Sometime. Right, and this on this little thing here says that she was likely a socialite. Do you know what a socialite is? Yeah, and I'm gonna talk about socialites here in a couple of my people. No but a socialite shit. is like a. It's usually a woman. Okay. Usually a woman with a lot of free time on her hands and access to money and influence. Okay. Usually. Now, free time meaning she doesn't have to work for her money. She doesn't really have a job. Or if she has a job, it's like a like a, chair, like a charity. So what, kind of, so what kind of access does a socialite have to money? Usually they are involved with a certain man who is either wealthy or a lord or a powerful political figure. Okay. Like, okay, um, we're trying to come up with some good examples of some socialites. I can't really think of any. Okay, here's one. Ghislaine Maxwell would probably be a good example of a socialite. No, she's going to jail. Okay. Makes that, would, sense. that would be somebody like that. She doesn't really okay. have, she has jobs, but they're not really like show right. up to work and work 40 hours right, a week right, jobs. Right, 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 for sure. But her life is mostly involved with who she knows and who she can connect people together with. And she can get that money. And she, she can always, she can always find a way to get money somehow. Okay. Makes sense. Anyways. All right. I have one more. And I, right. I, I kind of thought this was really funny. I, you're keeping things kind of more recent. This kind of goes far back. So Pope Stephen the Sixth was like I guess really really weird from what I looked into him about. Okay, one of the weirdest. And uh, I'm gonna look him up real quick. And he hated his predecessor, Pope uh, Pope Formosus. And so he hated he hated him so much he exhumed his body and he dressed him up in his papal uniform and he put him on trial to answer for his crimes for what he did when he was pope. <laughs> And I had to I, look I, this up. I this think, was. I think that's absolutely, absolutely hilarious. This like, would are have you been, kidding me? This would have been in the 800s. I just looked this one up. That is insane. <laughs> he literally exhumed his body, dressed him up, and put him on the stand to talk about his crimes. I, like, I don't know how much talking he's going to be doing. I'm surprised that our Catholic education never brought this guy up. You know what? Um, after reading a lot of these, uh, a lot of reading, there's a lot of. Vatican history that is not talked about. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on that just doesn't somehow, for some reason, doesn't see the light of day. And I can guarantee you, I've never heard of this Pope Stephen the Sixth or Stephen the Sixth. Is that how? Is it Stephen or it's probably Stephen? Damn it, fucking William Shakespeare with all these PHs and shit. Yeah, he's the one that did that, ain't he? Probably. We can get into that on our other show. Yeah. I do have one Pope comment because I got I got to talk about this. Now you probably didn't know this, Ben, but you are you're a confirmed Catholic, right? Yeah, I mean I went through all the sacraments. Yep. Most, did you know that you're, that you're technically eligible to become Pope even though you're not an ordained priest? Did you know that? No. The the 
Vatican rules say it's going to be any Catholic male elected by the, the Council of Cardinals, basically. Yeah, but you have to live a life of celibacy. Not necessarily. Mm, Not necessarily, according, according to the doctrine. Because many popes were married. I don't know if you knew that. Didn't they have to be in secret, though? Nope. Back in, the, 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 there used to be- How old, early are we talking? We're talking about? like 1,000s. Okay. Okay, let me ask Nowadays, you Nowadays, like, the, I, I'm, it hasn't, I'm pretty sure the doctrine has changed quite a bit through history. According to Tim, our resident expert on all things weird and mysterious, any Catholic male can become pope. Well, I think we need to start our campaign here. Let me ask you this, Ben. If you were to become Pope, what would your papal name be? Now, this obviously is very hypothetical. If you were the Pope, what would you choose as your Pope for your papal name? I don't think you'd choose. Would you go with Pope Benjamin? The I don't know if there's ever been a Pope Benjamin the first. Probably Pope George the first. Has there been a Pope George? I don't know. Probably hasn't. Because I, I, for confirmation, I was St. George. St. George. Okay. I'll tell you what I would go with. I'd be Pope Lando the second. I knew you were going to do something dumb. I would be Pope Lando II. All right, maybe I have to change my mind. Because there was a Pope Lando I. Was there a Pope George? I don't know, but there was a Pope Lando. <laughs> uh, kind of like Lando Cart- yeah. Calrissian from... Yeah, I know, I know. From Star Wars. Yeah. So I would be, I would be Pope I Lando. I could be Pope P- Kylo. You know what's funny is Pope Lando was the Pope like not that long before Pope Stephen VI. He was a Pope like right around 800. No shit. Or something like that. It's very, very, very complicated history. And did you also know that there's, there's like a conspiracy theory out there that like the years like 500 to 1300 never actually happened? No shit. Because they're all the dark ages and they don't know anything about them. Right. And all the stories are ridiculous of what they do know. So I'll have to look. I'll uh, look for some books on the dark ages. I don't know a lot about it. See, nobody knows a lot about it. That's the thing. I'm sure there's got to be some books on it. That's why they're the dark ages. Why are they so dark? Because nobody knows anything. Damn. Because it didn't actually happen. Hmm. What supposedly happened? Not a whole lot. So what's the point? Exactly. All right, everybody, let us know what you know about the Dark Ages at 30 in the tweet us. Yes, please tweet us if you know anything about the Dark Ages. We are not experts. Although, I'll tell you what, I've taken a lot of world history classes. Mm -hmm. There wasn't really a lot going on back then. It was just like peasants farming the fields, knights doing shit, the Crusades, kind of. But That's quite a bit. Honestly, it's like a thousand, there's like 800 years of history that... We don't know a whole lot about. It wasn't until the Renaissance. It wasn't until Leonardo da Vinci and Christopher Columbus and those guys. And I think da Vinci lived after Christopher Columbus. Hmm. Think, think yes. about that for a second. That's kind of interesting. It is very interesting. Anyways, I do have a couple of very interesting historical figures that I got to talk about. Yeah, let's dive into it. This is going to be good. Pat, Pat's good with this shit. The first one I want to get into, <laughs> good with this shit. <laughs> I don't know. I got to, and what's funny is I'm going to talk about them. I'm going to talk about Rasputin first. Yeah. And he shared a lifetime with a second person that I'm going to talk about. There's no way that they could have ever met. Rasputin, Grigory Rasputin was the Russian Siberian monk who basically he won favor with the royal family in Russia right as they fell from their monarchy and the communists took over. Okay? Yeah. So that's the background on Rasputin. He was born in Siberia out in the middle of nowhere, like thousands of miles away from Moscow. Damn. He was just some guy, kind of weird. He so had, like in a hut? Basically, like- Yes. He had, like, some, like, really striking blue eyes. And you can see in the photos of him, like, the blue, the eyes kind of stand out. Like, they're kind of, like, white. Yeah. He had, like, the long, straggly beard, the goofy hair. He was a complete mess of a human being. But as, like, a 20-something-year-old, basically, he decided to go on some, like, mystical journey throughout Siberia. He ended up at some Russian, monar- or, like, monastery where, like, the monks live. Yeah. He had some mystical, spiritual conversion. Hmm. And he claimed to be a Christian, like, a Christian monk, basically. But he really wasn't. 
That really wasn't what he was. He was just some guy, basically. Mm-hmm. As he wandered, he wandered farther east into, like, Moscow and then eventually to St. Petersburg. Man, so where... this guy did a lot of traveling. Yes, he definitely did. And there was a lot of, like, on horse and a lot of walking, basically. Mm. Eventually, he made it to the to St. Petersburg, which is where all the socialites, hmm. see, we're working that in, we're working yeah, that in, right, right. of the royal family kind of lived. Now, again, with socialites, and this was this was before the war happened, like World War Two. Yeah. But it was after World War or World War One, but it was after World War Zero, which was Russia versus Japan. Okay. Which doesn't get talked about a whole lot. Okay. Anyways, he was there, and the Tsarina, who his name was Alexandra, was kind of like into the occult and shit. So this guy shows up. He claims to be like some spiritual healer or whatnot. And they were like, you know, you gotta meet, you gotta meet this Rasputin guy. He's pretty interesting. Anyways. Basically, his biggest drive to power was his charisma. Mm-hmm. He was very good with people, and he was very good to make himself look bigger and more interesting than he really was. And like a, you know, like a manipulator too. Yes. Yeah. And we're gonna find that throughout a lot of different historical figures is that whole charisma aspect. It it wields an awful lot of power, and it wields an awful lot of power amongst people that are easily impressionable. So Rasputin did this whole thing where he basically met a whole a whole bunch of people. Did a whole bunch of like different like ritualistic shit with these people. There's a lot of rumors about him doing like orgies. Now those are probably not as true as they sound, mm-hmm. but still it adds to his aurora. He was also known to be very well endowed. I'll let you guys fill in the blanks on that. But <laughs> supposedly his um his member was preserved wow. after his death, and wow. supposedly it was very um what's the word I'm going for uh robust uh pronounced i don't know i i i think i think we know what you mean we're we're getting there okay anyways so basically what he was doing was he was just talking to people meeting people and creating this persona that was probably a lot bigger than what he actually could claim credit to because he probably wasn't very well educated right he was most likely illiterate before he went to that monastery and he went to the monastery like in his mid-20s to late 20s. This is when right. he finally left. And before then, we really don't know a lot what about what happened. The rumor is that he was kicked out of his village because he stole a horse. Hmm. So, anyways, he went. He claimed that he had this mystical... He, like, he was some like mystic, basically. It's not a lot of evidence to back any of this up. But the rumor spread to the Tsarina Alexandra, who was into this type of thing. And she found out that somebody said that he was a healer. Like, he could heal people. Hmm. So she decides that, hey, her son... Alexei, who was the heir to the throne, had hemophilia, which is a blood disease where you don't really, it's like you don't really form scabs or something. Okay. So you bruise very easily, and that can lead to blood clots that could easily kill you. Yeah. So he's a very fragile child, not a very robust child. But Alexandra, Alexandra was like, hey, this Rasputin guy might be able to heal me. He charmed the hell out of her. And we don't know what he was doing. So he had the Tsarina, who is the queen of Russia, basically, wrapped around his finger. And with that came the Tsar, who was also starting to listen to this guy quite a bit. And he was, like, in the inner circle. Like, there are pictures of him with, like, the kids and all the kids, and the kids all loved him. That became very problematic because Russia was in complete turmoil during World War One. They also had the communist revolution going on with Vladimir Lenin or what and whatnot. And the royal family started to become very dispopular or unpopular. And it was a lot because of this, this creepy guy was just in the background of everything. So... Looking back at history, the royal family ended up falling, and the entire family got assassinated. They were captured when the communists took over, basically. Rasputin was assassinated before this. They uh, they decided that they couldn't deal with him, so they sent some people in. Hmm. They poisoned him Damn. with a cyanide cake. That didn't kill him. They shot him several times. I think they stabbed him, and they couldn't they couldn't kill him because he had like these powers or whatever. And eventually, they shot him. They thought they killed him. They threw him in the river. When they dug his body up, supposedly the autopsy looked like he had water in his lungs. 
which made it look like after they thought they killed him, that he was actually still alive when he drowned to death. Damn. And then they decided afterwards they were going to burn his body. When they threw his body in the oven, his body sat up. That's pretty insane. Now, granted, his body, I can guarantee you of all that, the body sitting up is probably the most plausible part because your muscles contract as they, as you burn. Mm-hmm. So him sitting up was probably just his body just contracting naturally. But how 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 far do they sit up when their body contracts? I don't know. If you guys are an expert on cremation and you can tell us how high a body might sit when it's being burned, please tweet us at four thirty in the morning or at thirty in the. There we go. Anyways, it's a, he's a very interesting guy. But I was thinking about this too. The communists are trying to take over. They're trying to they're trying to win control of Russia, and you have to win over the people in that in that process. Mm-hmm. What's an easier way to make the royal family look crazy than to build, build up this Rasputin guy as some, like, evil witch doctor type monk crazy, like, they, they call him the face of evil. Right. So what, what's, a better, what's a better boogeyman, basically, for the communists to use to completely invalidate the Russian family, the royal family? True. And then anybody who might be a Russian family, a Russian royal family loyalist... Who is an easier person to blame on their fall? Because there are a lot of people that are they're just loyal to monarchs for whatever reason. Right. You see that throughout history all the time. People just love certain monarchs or certain families. Who's an easier person to blame for that family's demise than Rasputin? Right. So I was thinking about him too. I think that his impact on history is completely overblown, as interesting as he is. And he's <laughs> one of my favorite figures in history. Crazy. It, it, it's weird. Like, is there a lot of... So is it legitimately true that he lived after being stabbed multiple times? Like, is this like for well, he was certain? he was shot. Okay, you can live by it from after being shot. There is debate. There is debate. I had a college professor tell us this though. Okay. Now he was kind of a Russian, a Rasputin enthusiast as well. So he might have over been, been overblowing the sword just to kind of keep the class interested. Yeah, like how much of this is true? Most people, I mean, it is possible to live after being shot, but where was he shot? Yeah. Um, you know, what range? He was shot in the head. Okay. You normally don't live no, after you normally being don't. shot in the head. You normally don't. But um, If he has mystic powers. That's the thing. And it's interesting how, because he only died, he only died in 1917. So, like, my great-grandparents were alive when he was alive. It's just kind of weird to think about. Pretty, yeah. I mean, my, uh, yeah, my great-grandparents were alive. So, but it's interesting to see the, the peasant coming from nowhere, basically, becoming, like, the figurehead of the fall of the entire Russian monarchy. It's pretty insane. It's, it's pretty interesting. And we can, we'll probably get into some more research. Tim is actually reading a biography on Rasputin right now, so I'm hoping that he can help you, us with some fact-checking. You have that Rasputin book in your library. Tim is reading that exact book that right very now. Book. I have okay. not read it yet. That's on my short list, but... Well, maybe we'll have to have Tim on the episode when we do Rasputin. Yes, Definitely. The second person I want to talk about, you've probably heard of this guy, is H.H. H. Holmes. Yes. Um, what do you know about H.H. H. Holmes? Do you know anything about him? Not a whole lot. Essentially, not, not enough to keep the conversation going. Sure. Essentially, he was a one of the first American serial killers. He did his work in the 1890s. Was this the guy that had the the place on the corner? Yes. And he, he had the building, and he was, uh, he was burning them, right? Yes. He was cremating people. Yes. Okay. I, I, I know a little bit about it. So he had, they called it like the murder castle or the murder hotel. It wasn't really a castle as much as it was a building, but he operated out of Chicago in the 1890s. Okay. Now before that, H.H. Holmes, basically his whole thing is that he was much more of a con man than a murderer. The murderer was kind of like his side gig. Yeah. But he conned his way into wealth and basically social status. 
it's very bizarre how he did this. Now, he came in at the time where, back like in the 1800s, like life insurance was becoming a thing. But let's face it, in the 1800s, it's very difficult to validate like people. Like You can just say you are whoever you want to be, basically. There's no photo identification databases or anything like that. Yeah. So it was very easy to fabricate identities, which was something he started doing. It was also very easy to fabricate death. And it was also very easy to convince people to do things for whatever reason. So what he started doing, and he started off very quickly, is he would convince people that he knew to take out like a life insurance policy and name him the beneficiary. That's how he started. He would just be like, hey, take out this policy, and he would disappear for a while. He would find, and he would get access to like other dead bodies and say, hey, you know, I got a dead body here. This is this person who bought this life insurance policy with my name on it. Give me money. That's pretty smart. And back in the 1800s, you could get away with that because there was no process of identification whatsoever. Right. So he would do that a few times. He would even take out like insurance policies with his, with his own name and then create a new identity and then fabricate a death and then do it that way. So that's how he got his start, basically. That's uh, pretty ingenious. He went to Chicago, and he was very skilled at getting things on credit. He would go to the furniture store and say, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a pharmacist or I'm a doctor. I'm starting up my new practice. I need to get all these, all this furniture and all this stuff, but I needed to buy it on credit. I can't give you any money today, but I'm good for it. And he'd do that with a fake identity. They wouldn't challenge that. They'd give him all the stuff. He would talk his way out of loans. He would blame other people. He would do all this ridiculous shit to just basically not have it ever traced back to him. Right. And sooner or later, he would he just started amassing fortunes like this. Now, he never actually owned anything. He never had any qualifications at all. He was just very good at talking to people. And he was especially good with young women. Like, hmm. he could... He could he could swoon anybody. Right. Married ladies. He could do he could he could basically get anybody he wanted. Now, when he got to Chicago, he started building his castle. He basically he conned a family out of their business, basically. Then started building from there. Like he he basically got into a pharmacy, killed off the guy, seduced the wife, and then took over the business basically. And I think he probably killed her off later. That's insane. But and then what he would do is he would meet, like, young girls, like, that were coming to Chicago. And this was right around the time of the Chicago World Fair, the big Colombian expedition, where they had all the shit that was going on mm-hmm. all year, basically. So he would find chicks that were just kind of coming there for for work or whatever, or just to visit. He'd basically charm them into doing stuff. And then he'd be like, hey, you know, I've been talking to you. I found out that you have a property down in Texas, some land that's worth some money, some oil land. You know, I think it would be very good if you uh, let me be your business manager and just sign that into my name. And he just keep doing that with a lot of people. He'd do that, and then he'd kill them off. And he, he had this whole, He is just a sly dude, man. He had this whole murder this whole murder castle they built, and he had a furnace that was built into the building. So he'd knock somebody out with chloroform, put them on the chute, and then burn them to death, basically. It's insane. It was crazy. That is one wicked dude. But nobody would challenge him because there, there's, there, wasn't, any, there wasn't any evidence because nothing ever traced back to him. Right. It was very he was very good at avoiding suspicion basically. And he Man. was empathetic beyond like he would like he could talk to you and be like so empathetic and be like, Hey, I'm so sorry about your the person that died, it's terrible or he would be like, Hey, this person just disappeared. You 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 you, you wonder why more people didn't do that back then. It seems you know, like it's not something that would be very hard to figure out. They probably did, but that's probably the precursor to a lot of the security measures that we have today in place. Probably. But I'm reading. I, I'm reading a book about him right now, and it's just it, it's unbelievable the type of things that he was able to pull off. That's and insane. It's, it's all due to his charisma, just like Rasputin. Yeah, because he never really right. had anything. Never really had any skill beyond his ability to talk to people. And when we be when wow, and when we will be getting into politics on the other show? Yes, a lot of bad politicians with very good charisma. Yes, a lot of people. 
that so that's basically the whole point of the show is that people value what things sound like much more than what they actually are. Exactly. And to add to that, they don't have the skills necessary to challenge right that which sounds good. Right. These people that H.H. H. Holmes murdered did not have anything at their disposal to challenge him because there, just, there wasn't anything. There wasn't any cross-checking. There wasn't any ability to validate anything he was saying. They were captivated by how he acted, what he promised, and how he did what he did. So this is your fa- one of your favorite people in history? That's kind of weird, man. It's most interesting people in history. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Most interesting. And I think him and Rasputin tie into the same thing. H.H. H. Holmes was doing this stuff 20 years before Rasputin was. Like, H.H. H. Holmes was dead by the time Rasputin went on his mystical journey. Did H.H. H. Holmes ever get, like, he got caught, didn't he? Yeah, he got caught. And yeah. he admitted he admitted in his post-capture interviews that he was just, he was born psychologically evil. He said he could he couldn't he couldn't not be a murderer if he tried. He said that was the most important thing in his life was killing people. That's insane. And he at least he openly admitted that he didn't try to justify it. He was just like that's just how I am. I wish researchers today could look into his brain. You know they did do an autopsy on him, but I don't think they found anything. Hmm. It is kind of scary that somebody can be born like that. That you know. Yeah. I wonder what their brain looks like. Some, some no. I wonder what compared to a normal brain. Exactly. That's very interesting. And that's there I don't think there's there's enough push to like research that type of thing. Well, if more people listen to 430. Yeah, more people would listen to our show than and uh, to our and to our other show. Our other shows going to get into that type of thing kind of a lot deeper. Right. Because we're going to show you how to how to see bullshit before it happens. We're going to see you how to understand the difference between a narrative and news and facts and facts versus feelings. Versus feelings exactly. There's a lot that needs to get talked about. And we're going to get into that. But I think talking about these historical figures a little bit helps us kind of propel, propel our way of discussion. Because we are, at the end of the day, we're not, I mean, we're not scholars. I don't have a history degree. Right. I don't have any type of degree. We're not scholars or anything. We're just, we're, we're common sense individuals with certain skills. Right. That make us very valuable. Well, I don't even know about that. We just know how to present things a certain way. Right. Anyways, anything else you got for the show today? Uh, maybe. Where are we at? We're definitely way over time. Yeah, this is going to be a super-sized episode. Okay. If you were to live in another country, what country would that be? I feel like I used to have a good answer to that. Probably New Zealand, honestly. New Zealand? It's isolated. Or Poland. Poland would be a good one, but I don't know if they'd take me there. I was th- I was kind of thinking Poland. Poland? Yeah, you got, you got, you got what, half Polish? Yeah, I'm about half Polish. You could probably get in there. I don't yeah. know. I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I mean... I really don't have any I wouldn't mind to... living in Puerto Rico. I mean, if well, I that, had that doesn't count. I know it's it's still it's, it's still a, a part of the United States, but it's not the mainland United States. Yeah. If I could, you know, somewhere to live out of the country that I could still have, you know, some of the freedoms that the United States has. Yeah. You know, I, I guess I wouldn't I guess Switzerland wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, that would be a little bit different. I don't know. I don't know if you'd be able to get in there. That's the thing. I don't know either. Um Tanzania maybe? Maybe Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah, I mean Yeah. We probably bring. I our... mean, they're sanctioning. They're sanctioning the United States. Yeah. So you know they, they uh, must be pretty, be pretty big. You know, yeah. they must be you know pretty you know established. Well, I I could see that. Yeah. I don't know. Probably New, I think New Zealand would probably be my choice. Though. New Zealand. You just want to go around where they sh- shot the Lord of the Rings. I want to walk the Lord of the Rings trail to Mordor. You wanna you wanna um you know the running scene and the the scene where uh, where Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas are running after uh, Pippin. Yes. You know, when they're taken by the orcs? Yes. You want to do that run. Exactly. I want to do that run, too. So, I know you do. So I can stand on that rock, just like Legolas did, and said, the red sun rises. 
blood has been spilled this night. Yes, I know you definitely want to do that. We used to say that every day, didn't we? Yes, and we also and we also said the the Eriks have turned northeast and they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. Yes, then, and then Aragorn says, Saruman. Do you remember the one time when we were looking for Tim? Tim was just kind of like we we were kind of running between your house and my house. We were we were kids. Yeah. And we were we were doing like hide and seek or something, and we were looking for Tim. Yeah. And I was in my front yard, and, and I was looking down. And I was like, "Let's simulate here." <laughs> remember that? I do. And then remember I reenacted that. that entire tracking scene. And I ended up finding Tim. Yeah, I do remember that. That was brilliant. Now, do you remember? Back when you were a really little kid, you were going to reshoot the entire Lord of the Rings series. Yeah, I had my cousins over, and we were dressed up and shit. Ben thought he was going to recreate the entire Lord of the Rings. And this was like an entire summer's worth of work for Ben. (laughs) He was going to shoot it on Josh's Game Boy Color camera or something like that. Yeah, I do remember that. The best part of that was, you remember that that me and Tim were both cast in that movie? Do you remember who you cast us as? (laughs) No. You cast me and Timothy as Merry and Pippin. (laughs) I don't know if you remember that or not. I don't. What did I cast Josh as? I don't know. I can't remember. He was he's probably an orc. <laughs> it was the silliest thing. You were planning this out all summer. And then Tim would just believe, he would believe anything that you would say. Yeah, he did. It was silly. W- were you over the day that my dad came out With acting the... like Sauron and he had the Jason mask on? No, I wasn't there for that. And he taped up a cardboard axe and he was swinging it like Sauron did yeah. in the first movie? We used to do a lot of different shit. We did a lot of crazy shit as kids. Man. We did a lot of Jedi battles. Yeah, we did. Anyways, uh, you been watching any TV? No, man. Like the last four days, we haven't. I haven't watched shit besides a little bit of football today. Sure. The but, only thing. Uh, go ahead. Really not. You know, the other night, like when I go up to bed, we don't really watch. We don't really start shows because one page usually falls asleep quicker than I do, and so. And if I start, like, a new show, I'll be up all night. Or if I continue a show, I'll yeah. be up all night, and I can't do that. So I'll, like, put on Family Guy or Forensic Files or something. Yeah, see, I don't watch – I don't watch – I watch very little TV in bed anymore. Or a movie. I don't watch anything up, up in bed anymore. But I've been watching on – I don't know if you have HBO Max. No. I just got that. I was able to count my parents when they're giving it to me. No shit. Well, I give them my Netflix and my Hulu. Okay. So they've got, like, 30 bucks worth of subscriptions between the two of those. Yeah. So I was able to convince them to let me have the HBO nice, Max one. Nice. How do you like it? I like it because there's, there's a lot of stuff on there. But I've been watching. I didn't think I was going to like the show called Silicon Valley. I don't know if you even heard of that. Uh-uh. It's about a tech startup, basically. It's kind of like a comedy, kind of a drama. But it's a tech startup in Silicon Valley and like their struggles to try to like make it in the market, basically. Yeah. But it's funny because it's got a lot of different like weird actors in it that have like been in different shit. Yeah. But what's funny about that show, you remember that old Rasputin beer that I used to drink? Yes. The one character drinks that in, like, every episode. <laughs> and he keeps the label hidden most of the time. I was able to recognize it with a hidden label. Yeah. And in the one episode, he was able to see the entire bottle, and it was definitely Old Rasputin that he was drinking. That's funny. Like, what are the chances of that random-ass beer that you can find at, like, two stores around here that I like? And he's drinking. Is the one that he's drinking. That's insane. That's funny. Yeah, it is funny. Small world. Definitely. And it's Does funny. that make sense? No. But no. But we'll say it anyways. Whatever. Anyways, you got anything else tonight, Ben? I'm pretty much all set. You set? I think so. It's going to be a long episode, but... It was fun. I think that was a good episode. It was fun. We got a lot in. We did get a lot in. Too much of me talking, but... And, you know, 340, you said? Listens? 340 listeners. Wow. Or listens. Three... And we haven't advertised. Thank... We haven't advertised yet. So. Thank you guys so much. That is absolutely insane. You know what? The end of January, let's shoot for 400, man. 
We're shooting for 500 by the end of January. 500? All right. Yes. That's e- I like that even better. Yes. We're going to shoot for 500. 500. The end of 21. What do you, where do you think we'll be at? Um, I think we're not going to be working at our jobs anymore. <laughs> we're going to be podcast famous. I think Joe Rogan is going to be our assistant. <laughs> Great. I don't know. Um, But we've been having fun. We haven't advertised this yet. But we hope that you guys have been enjoying the show. Let us know if you guys have any comments on our production value, if you guys have any comments on topics that we should talk about. We yeah. really aren't running out of material. I feel like we've got a lot that we could talk about. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we keep going, but if there's something specific you guys want us to talk about, a certain topic that you guys think would be funny, just let us know. We'll we'll talk about it. Yep, well, on that note, you ready to wrap this one up? I think that's it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yep, thank you very much, guys. You guys have a nice night, and be sure to check us out on Twitter, at 30inla. Please tweet us. And I'm thinking about getting some other stuff up. I want to do a YouTube channel soon. But yeah, that would we'll be see fun. about that. That'd be fun. Anyways, I think we're gonna call it for tonight. So thank you very much, guys. See ya, peace. Ever since Thursday, we've been burning the candle at both ends. Let me tell you, been rough. I don't know what that. I've never heard that phrase before. But burn the candle at both ends. You've yes, never heard that no, phrase. That's that's new for me. Really? Yes. I'm not as sophisticated as you, dude. Bless you. So sorry. I, I tried to not. That that's okay, dude. It's okay. You good? How embarrassing was that? You good? Oh, guys, episodes. This is gonna be, this is gonna be a, a super sized episode. It's all right. Oh my god. Um. Hold on. <laughs> you don't got the coronavirus, do you? No, I'm good. I'm good. Anyways. <clears throat> good. How about them dolphins? They're looking good. Did you see the end of that game?